to us, that you would guide us, that you would protect us, that you would love us, that you would be our God. And Lord, I pray that as we respond to your word and your leading, I pray that the things that we do would just bring you glory, that we would continually speak and proclaim the goodness of our God. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, guys. Please have a seat. Out of Luke 2, 21-40, and when eight days were completed for the circumcision of the child, his name was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Now, when the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, were completed, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every male who opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple, And when the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace. According to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And Joseph and his mother, sorry, his mother, marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Now there was one, Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age and had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity, and this woman was a widow of about 84 years who did not depart from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And coming in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all those who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. So when they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own city, Nazareth, and the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. All righty. Well, it's that time. Kids third grade and under can be dismissed to go downstairs since my wife is teaching them or whipping them into shape or something is that still a technical correct term can we say whipping into shape no no she's molding them is that okay oh like whipped cream somehow that's better all right, well, I'm, uh, my name is Pastor Ruben Marlowe. If you're new here, um, we would love, uh, there's uh, um, a, a very
visitor connect card in front of you. If you could fill that out. There's an offering box in the back there. Our offerings uh, is really just for uh, people that are part of our church that want to support the work that God is doing here through us. And so uh, the offering box is right there on that back table. That's that's kind of for our people to uh, be a part of what God's doing. But if you could fill out that visitor card and put that in the back there, uh, we'd love to have a record of your visit. You could write on there anything uh, you want us to know, and we'd love to reach out to you and get to know you. Um, today we're in the book of Luke. Um, well, not today. We're going to be in the book of Luke for a while because that's how I am. We'll probably, we might take a break here and there, but um, we'll be in the book of Luke for a while because I, Luke's got like 600, no, let me not exaggerate. I th- what, the longest chapter in Luke is like what, 70, 80 verses? So, I mean, I can't even do a chapter a week. <laughs> um, uh, so we'll be here for a while, but you know, I'm, I'm really excited. We started the book of Luke and, and it was really good timing for us to kind of, uh, talk about the advent of our Lord Jesus Christ, his incarnation. When God became to man, Emmanuel, he became God with man in the flesh, right? He, uh, went into, I had a manger there last week. Now it's, now it's a cajon. That's a box. He didn't go in a cajon. He went in a manger, um, which is kind of a box. I mean, it's close enough, right? <laughs> but Jesus was born, and, and so it, it's this beautiful, wonderful time that we get to celebrate the work that God has been promising for for thousands of years. It, it's now the the beginning of this great work where He's actually physically here, and He's going to begin this long process, about thirty three years, of Him walking towards the cross and becoming the sacrificial Lamb, and and dying in our place so that we can receive forgiveness of our sins because our sins, you know, separates us from God. Our, our rebellion against our creator uh, has, has separated us, but yet he has taken our penalty on the cross. And so this is, the Jesus is really the, the hinge point of all of history. And so we're celebrating this, this last few weeks, the, the coming of Jesus. And this week, as, as you know, it's, it's, you know, New Year's Eve, we're, we're preparing for a new year, and I think I'm supposed to vision cast, right? Like, we're supposed to talk about what's coming, right? And it's really cool because this passage that we're talking about is, is kind of, uh, there's these two people that get to see Jesus, they get to recognize the work that's coming, and then they get to talk about what's coming. And so I want us to kind of consider that. But before we get going, I need a volunteer. Sarah. Awesome. Yes. I was afraid it was going to be a, like a long, awkward silence for a while, but we're doing great. Hey, Sarah, actually, you know, would you mind just waiting? I, 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 I do need you, and I have something for you, um, but not yet, okay? Just in a little bit. Does, does that work? Are you good with that? Okay. So we're in the book of Luke, Luke chapter number two, and we're going to be talking about two people, Simeon and Anna. Sarah, is it, are you paying attention now? Okay. Is it, is it hard when like you're waiting for something and you're expecting something to like really focus on what else is going on? Yeah. Why is waiting so hard for us? Because we want it now. We want to know. I, I mean, there's. There's lots of reasons, but I want us to think about 
these two people that we're going to talk about, they had to wait. And I want us to try to listen, and, 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 and as we look at this story in Scripture, I want us to be asking that question, why is it so hard to wait? Why, you know, maybe we wait because we have to, but, but patience. Why is it so hard for us to wait patiently? You know, we're looking at a new year. I don't know. Um, I don't know how many people do New Year's resolutions. I don't know how many of us are have high or low expectations for what's going to happen next year, whether it's, it's in school or whether it's in the political climate or whether it's in our family. We have all kinds of things that we're looking at this next year, and there's, there's hopes, there's plans, there's expectations, there's, there's things that we might be looking towards. And then there's other things that God has told us that really we, we're supposed to be waiting for. And I think sometimes we can be like Sarah and really struggle to pay attention to what's going on right now because we're waiting for or we are expecting, you know, sometimes we, get, we can get so hooked up and, and worried about this, this one thing happening that we neglect to see what actually is happening. And then sometimes, sometimes we've been waiting so long for something that we've actually forgotten it's coming. Why, why is it so hard for us to wait patiently? Two people I want to look at today, Simeon and Anna. These people were waiting. They were waiting. And I want us to look at what they were waiting for. And first of all, both of them were waiting for the presence of God. Their, their, their expectation, their hope, everything was dependent on the presence of God. Simeon, verse number 25, it says there's this man in Jerusalem, his name is Simeon, he was just, he was devout, and he was waiting. He's waiting for the consolation of Israel. Now there's lots of things we're talking about here, but we'll talk about a little bit more of that in just a minute. But he's waiting for the consolation, and I want us to know that the consolation, the redemption, the forgiveness, the life that we might be longing for is only through Jesus Christ. You cannot have consolation and redemption. You cannot have comfort and peace and joy apart from the presence of God. And Simeon was waiting for this, this fulfillment. God had, God had promised, and, and, and God had, Simeon's waiting for it. But here's the most beautiful part of it, right? Simeon's waiting for the consolation of Israel. And it says, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. Holy Spirit, the, the presence of God living in him. I want us to recognize something. The, the presence of God is the only thing that matters. And, and we can get theological and we can, we can get pious and we can look down our nose. And I tried to do this, but then I was sweaty enough. I was afraid it was going to fall off, so I didn't. Um, but, but we can be like, oh, well, God is everywhere, so he's present. And then we can miss the experience of a relationship with our God. And when I'm talking about the presence of God, the peace of God, I'm talking about an actual relationship with him. 
And what I, I, want you, I want us to recognize is as Simeon is waiting for the presence of God, God with us, Emmanuel, he's waiting for the Messiah, for God himself to step down into creation. As he's waiting for this, he's still waiting in the presence of God. The Holy Spirit is with him. And I want to... Like, I don't want to sit here and have a whole lecture uh, on the Holy Spirit and, and how I'm convinced that the Holy Spirit doesn't leave New Testament believers. Like, we can have that discussion. If you have questions about that, I'd love to talk to you about that. But I want us to recognize that what Simeon had was not, it wasn't the normal for his day. We, we have examples of the Holy Spirit it, before Jesus' uh, death, burial, and resurrection. We have examples of the Holy Spirit coming for a moment and leaving. We have examples of the Holy Spirit coming and residing, but then sin causing him to leave. And, and when we have the prayer of David begging God, don't take your spirit from me, because he saw it happen to someone. And, and what I want us to recognize is even in the waiting even in the longing and the desire for the fulfillment and everything that God has promised, Simeon is he's resting. He's resting because the Holy Spirit is with him. And, and whatever we're facing, decisions, situations, whatever the new year holds, whatever the future holds, we can wait and we can long for it. Listen, I'm longing for the return of Jesus Christ. I am waiting. Jesus tells us it's going to come like a thief in the night. And, and we are to be prepared. We're supposed to be like the virgins that, that, that kept our pots full of oil. Because we don't know if he's coming right now or, or in a little bit. But no matter what happens, we're waiting. We're expectant. We're hopeful that he's coming back. I am waiting for that day when Jesus is physically with me. But I want us to know we can wait in peace and joy because he is present with us. God came so that we could have life with him. And the fulfillment of that today, right now, is through his spirit living with us. And so we are waiting, we are longing for something greater. But in our waiting, we can rest because he is with us. But Simeon. He was waiting. He's waiting for the presence. He's longing for the presence of God. He's longing for this Messiah, that Christ. When we read that in the New Testament, when we read Christ it, it, in a different language, it's just Messiah. In the Hebrew language, that's, that's the same word. And that all that, that means is, is the promised one, the anointed one. Everything that God has promised will be fulfilled through the Messiah. And Simeon's waiting. He's waiting for the presence of God. And really, uh, as I'm speaking, I'm realizing some of my all my points are the same point. But I'm going to give you the next, uh, next blank so you, you fill it in and feel accomplished. But he's waiting for the promise of God. He's waiting for the promise. Now, as we think about the promises of God, like uh, uh, the, the Messiah, there's a lot tied into that word. And, and what I want us to recognize, that God has been and is and will continue to be actively working to fulfill his purposes, his plans, his promises. 
And Simeon is waiting for the Messiah. He's waiting for the fulfillment of all the promises of God. He's waiting for salvation. Look, look at some of the words he talks about. For what He says, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation. Salvation to be saved from something. To, to literally be facing condemnation. To be facing judgment. To be facing death. And now I've been saved from that because of what you've promised. Because of Jesus Christ. Because of the work that only he can do. And he says, not only is it your salvation, which you have prepared, it's for the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. We looked at it, I think, last week, or maybe I said it. Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. And what I want us to recognize is that the promises of God is because God is working he has been, and he is working. And what we need to be waiting on, uh, waiting on, is the promises of God and the work that he's doing and the purposes that he has and the things that he's promised. Maybe not just in our part. Maybe not just in our perspective or what we're worried about. How can we wait patiently we recognize his promises and what he's doing. But there's something unique about our God. Is he's patient. He loves us and he talks with us. And he relates to us. And Simeon here, in verse number 26, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Listen, how can we wait patiently? How can we have peace and joy while we're waiting for something that we don't yet have? Well, because of the work that he's doing. And because he speaks to us. Because he guides us. Because he leads us. Literally, it says that uh, the next verse, so he came by the Spirit into the temple. He's literally led in a momentary fashion. He's been given a promise for his life. You're not going to die before you see Jesus Christ. And, I, I, you know, like sometimes some of us might prickle up a little bit. Like, what does that mean? But God speaks to us. And maybe God has given you a promise. And maybe God wants to do something in your life. And he's given you a purpose and, and a calling. And God is leading you to something. And he's given you a big picture of it. But he also gives you a moment-by-moment -moment experience of it. Because this Simeon who had this promise that before he dies, he's going to see Jesus. I don't know when he got that. It could have been 10 years prior to this moment. It could have been, I don't know when it was. But there came a day when the Holy Spirit led Simeon to go to the temple. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I kind of skipped over the part of why they're at the temple. But like. I don't know, it's not a feast day. It's not some great holiday that everyone should be, you know, taking their turn going to the temple. But Simeon, you need to go to the temple. He's sensitive to when the Holy Spirit leads. 
And just because God has promised and called and led you in a direction in your life, it does not give you right to ignore him when he leads. The Holy Spirit led him. He led him to a good place. He's walking around. I don't know what I'm doing here. I don't have a purpose. I'm not clean from all my afterbirths. Like I'm not, I'm not giving a sacrifice for that. What am I here for? the joy and the rejoicing and the expression and the fulfillment of what God had promised to him is now here in the form of a babe. I'm telling you, when we rely on the Holy Spirit's leading, the presence of God, and we trust that the work that he's doing and where he's leading us is for his good, we can have fulfillment and joy and peace no matter what we face. And we can come and we can say, now I can die in peace. Waiting patiently is hard. It really is. And the only way you really can be waiting patiently is because of the provision of the Lord. Because he's working in our life. He's given us promises. He walks with us. He talks with us. We can have peace and joy and wait patiently because of what he does. Because of what he gives. Because of how he is leading. You know, Anna, I, I, I don't know how long Simeon waited. But the Bible tells us how long Anna was waiting. We make some assumptions. She gets married young. 14 to 18. Married for seven years. Husband dies. There goes my plans. There goes my expectations. There goes my future. What did she do while she waited? That's right. That's 84 years. 84 years she served in the Lord. I don't know how long you've been waiting. Is the presence of God in your life enough for you? I don't know what plans or expectations haven't been met. I don't know what expectations you need to change. What I'm calling for all of us to do is focus our eyes on him. To trust that what he is doing is good. And seek to be close to him. And while we're waiting, we're waiting for that future. We're wa waiting for that return. We're waiting for the, the marriage supper of the Lamb. As we're waiting, in the presence of God, according to the promises of what He's doing, 
and by the provision of his power. We serve. Sarah, can you come up here real quick? I have something for you. I really hope you like them. I think they're super cool. And I have actually struggled giving it to you because I, I want to collect this. But I have for you a collectible $2 bill. That's awesome. Yes. That's what I was hoping for. Listen, I... We must not try to live our lives trusting in our own personality, our own plans, or our own power. We need to learn to wait on God, to trust in his presence, promises, and provision for every situation, every moment, every day. So I'd ask you, what are you waiting for? As we think about this new year, like what, what are your hopes for this new year? Are you seeking to know and experience God's leading in the situations and decisions you're facing? Have you been waiting for God to change you, to make you better, to make you whole for so long? that Maybe you've even lost sight of him. I'd ask that as we enter this, this new year, that the things that we're hoping for, the things that we're longing for, the presence of our God in our lives. And that we can, we can go forward in peace and joy and fulfillment because he's with us. And we are working not according to our plans, but according to his promises. It's not by anything we can do. We're just going where he leads. Let me pray. Lord, we come to you today and we're thankful. We're thankful that you are such a personal God, that you did not just do something back then, but that you are doing something now, that you are speaking and you are guiding and you are leading. And so, Lord, I pray that you would break our hearts, that you would, you would become so, so loud in our lives that we have to listen to you. Lord, I pray that the distractions of our fears and anxieties, of outside resources, of outside influences, I pray that all those things would pale in comparison to you. I pray that knowing you and living with you would become more desirable than our own selfish things. And I pray that as we go from here, as we live following your promises and in your presence, Lord, I pray that we would be like Simeon and Anna, that we would not shut up about the work that you are doing, but that we would be proclaiming and that we would be seeking to tell all those who are looking for redemption of your work. And so, Lord, we pray. We pray for you to do what we cannot. We pray for you to be honored and glorified through it all. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys. So, a couple announcements for the new year. Um, uh, first of all, New Year's Eve, no Christmas Eve, uh, or no, oh my gosh, let me read it, um, no Bible study tonight, we'll resume next week, I'm assuming, I didn't ask that yesterday, but yes, so no small group today, um, go have fun, and, um, if you want to stay up to midnight, have at it, um, uh, the big change is happening, 
youth group is switching. We're, we're now starting dinner at 545 rather than at 6. So that way at 6 we can start uh, our Bible study time and then have games after that. Just 15 minutes longer. We'll still end at 7 o'clock. So this Wednesday, 545 for dinner, okay? And then uh, right here in about, um, I don't know, probably five minutes, four or five minutes, uh, we'll meet right up here and we'll have uh, a discussion about our budget for the next year. So if you're interested in that, we've got some more budgets on the back table there, and then we'll discuss it up here uh, in just a few moments. Uh, any other announcements? Anything else we've got going on? Um, I, I'll say this. There's some details that I haven't gotten figured out yet. But in the next few weeks, there's a couple changes. There's a couple things that are going to be happening. And I'm excited about them. I would say next Sunday, the first Sunday of the year, um, it's not a secret. We're going to have communion. Uh, we'll we'll uh, celebrate the Lord's Supper um, together. And I want that to become a, a natural rhythm for our church to do that, to celebrate and remember the work that Jesus Christ has done. And, and I want to start the new year out really focusing on that. Um, and then uh, probably about the middle of, of uh, January, I'm just looking for some volunteers. So if you know someone who might be interested in helping, um, I know a handful of people I'm already going to talk to. Uh, but hopefully in the middle of January, we're going to start on Wednesday nights a children's program. Uh, and so if you know anyone who would be interested in helping out with that, have them come talk to me. Um, and that's all I got. Anyone else? All right. Sarah, thank you so much for volunteering. Uh, I did pay you, so would you mind praying for us as we leave?